Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to the podcast of the video game based around the moral dilemma, the trolley problem. My name's Simon Byron and I'm joined by Samuel Reed Graves, the developer of Trolley Problem Inc. Hello, Sam. You're right, Simon. We've got uh, some uh, good problems today. Um, obviously, starting with Trolley Problem and then we'll move on to, um, I think, probably some more exciting current problems. Okay, looking forward to it. We, we actually had to deal with our own sort of ethical dilemma today, didn't we? Because we were due to meet in person to record this episode of the podcast. Uh, but one of us, <laughs> who won't be named, suspected that they'd caught COVID off their wife. And we had a problem, didn't we? Because our train tickets had been paid for. Our hotels had been paid for. Did we want to lose money and proceed <laughs> at the risk of getting COVID or not. So so we've all gone remote for this episode, so hopefully it's going to work out. I'm sure it will. We did the right thing, didn't we? You said to me this morning, it was about seven o'clock, you said, given that we're doing a, a game based around ethics. Well, we, we can't really <laughs> lie to everyone <laughs> and get everyone exactly. in the same room. Uh, <laughs> So we've been uh, sent to our respective sheds. Um, so that uh, introduces a host of technical complications, but hopefully we're going to muddle through it. So how have you been, Sam, since we spoke to you last? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Just head down on the game, really. Um, just sort of going through a million moral dilemmas and trying to make it funny. Um, it's all a challenge. It's all good. Exactly. <laughs> Difficult when there's so much darkness, I would say. Um, I you have to think... make any, you know... Uh, um, on top of our decision this morning, is any is anything caused? Uh, given you cause for concern recently? Any tricky dilemmas in your in your real life? Uh, luckily, no. Um, yeah, my my real life is pretty much just just coding, just walks with a dog. Um, it's quite a peaceful time. Um, but again, coming up to launch, I'm sure there will be some some times where I have to choose A or B. Do I want this feature or do I want to fix this bug and so on? Uh, oh, how, so how, about, how about yourself? <laughs> yeah, not so bad. I was watching a video of you earlier on the London Games Festival. That's been exciting to see people start to talk about the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's been I, I mean, good. excited, cringe. They can be sort of mixed intimately. I, I can't watch myself. Uh, I, I'm sure I'll listen to five minutes of this podcast and then I'll turn it off and let everyone else enjoy it. Well, let's let's hope the listeners don't have that uh, same feeling um, because we've not got to our guest yet um, and uh, we've, we'll do so shortly. But just to remind everybody what we're up to here, um, the podcast based around the video game Trolley Problem Inc., in which you are tasked with making a series of uh, choices from two awful answers um, as you proceed through the 90 minutes or two hours of the game it's going to take you, in which... 
during which time you will be forced to challenge your own views on a range of topics, as well as see how your uh, moral compass aligns with the rest of the world. We thought it would be a good idea to invite members of the games industry elite into our inner circle and find out from them uh, what sort of choices they'd make when presented with two awful answers. I'm delighted. I'm not sure that he is particularly. Uh, I'm delighted that we're joined today by Jamie Sefton. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Hello, Simon. Hello, Sam. You okay? Yeah, yeah, we're good, thank you. Haven't seen you in a while because of yeah. not only lockdown, but also geography. Yeah, it's kind of going back old school, isn't it? Back to old COVID, because I, I, was, I was hoping to um, come and see you in York today. And uh, yeah, I was disappointed um, to hear about the COVID stuff going on. And yeah, shame really, but never mind. Well, yeah, you uh, you would have left with an um, uninvited gift, I think. Uh, so it's all, <laughs> all for the best. But it's genuinely nice to see you. You you've, you look like you've got really good at video calls during lockdown. Um, yeah, well, I've had to move a lot of the events that I was running um, in person, just move them online to sort of keep my business going. So I had to buy in equipment and get things like this microphone and get a new Mac and things like that. So, yeah, I've just had to... Um, yeah, I just moved everything online when when COVID happened. Um, but now I'm getting back to doing events in person again, just as it's all kicking off again. So that's good. Exactly. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining us. You're looking good and sounding good. Could you just uh, introduce yourself and let the listeners know exactly who you are? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Jamie Sefton, and I'm Managing Director of Game Republic, which is a Yorkshire and Northern business network for games. And we've got... Um, Lots of members like Team 17 and Sumo and lots of universities and colleges. And we run events up here in Yorkshire in the north. Uh, and we invite companies like Sony and Microsoft um, to come up and meet our companies. And that's it, really. It's like a place where people can meet and chat and kind of um, discuss their games they're making and hopefully meet the people that can um, make the decisions and release their games. And Sam has been to a few of our events in the past. We run a free network as well called Gamayo. Uh, Game Makers Yorkshire, which we're bringing back again in May, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and that, again, is like hundreds of developers all getting together. Uh, we show off games, uh, have a few drinks, and, yeah, it's just a, a really nice evening. Yeah, I, I can say as an honorary Yorkshireman that I've made good use of Game <laughs> Republic and Gameo. Um, really excellent events. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, so, yeah, and um, before then I was... Um, a lowly games journalist and uh, worked in magazines. And uh, Simon, you were on the first press trip that I ever went on um, That's more, right. than 20, more than 20 years ago. And there was a moral dilemma. <laughs> then, <as well. laughs> I was going to ask you about that. But before we get to that, hmm. uh, t- tell us about your time uh, as a journalist, because you must have had to make some tricky decisions then. And if you could be honest with us, hmm. what's the what's the worst decision that you made? Uh, and uh, have you come to regret it? Oh, dear me. Well, um, yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, I mean, as an editor, obviously, you're in charge of the magazine and um, anything that you don't like about uh, the situation, you can hopefully sort out. But you do have things that you have to include um, as part of this kind of commercial reality of, of running a magazine. So there are some things that were kind of, forced upon us like we had some terrible ads 
in the back of PC Zone one time, I think, where there were kind of like phone sex ads which were put in the back of the magazine, um, which was, you know, and our readers were like, what, what is this? What have you put in the magazine? And we were just like hideously embarrassed. But of course, the next issue, we just put in a piss take back page where we just kind of had, you know, um, you know, lots of kind of phone lines based on video games instead and kind of taking the mickey out of the previous month. But yeah, I mean, mostly it was um, because, uh, you know, we used to get um, suggestions, for example, from the advertising department to say, hey, you know, we can put ringtones alongside your reviews, you know, on the same page. And I would say, you know, over my dead body, you're going to put ringtones uh, <laughs> next to our review page. So uh, it was, I wouldn't say there was that many um, kind of decisions that I, w- I wasn't, um, you know, pleased okay. with, really. Um, well, was a, there was a few that were forced on me, but they were mainly because of budgets and that sort of thing. But of course, all journalists are corrupt and, and you know, and nasty <laughs> anyway, aren't they, you know? <laughs> Like, do you know what? I can't. I, I find it difficult to imagine a world where reviews were accompanied by ringtones. Um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> what would you give for what, what? What would the noise be for a bad game? That sort of thing. Um, I, I feel like whenever people talk about ringtones, I only think of the Crazy Frog. I don't know if that's my generation, yeah. but I, I'm sure there was a Crazy Frog game, and you know, you got to get those ads in. Yeah, I've heard a story about that. Actually, there was um, a pub- publisher developer that I'm good friends with, and they said that the, the person who was selling the, you know, trying to get their game published for Crazy Frog came in uh, to see them at GDC, and they just said, "Do do the voice. We'll we'll listen to your pitch if you do the voice." So they had to stand there and go beep 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 and do the Crazy Frog <laughs> in oh, front man. of them. That, that is a that's a that's a moral dilemma. It, <laughs> it is. They, I mean, they, as a person pitching out that room, yeah, yeah. But you know, they were there to sell it. If they didn't believe in the crazy frog, then they, you know, what were they doing there in the first place? So the moral dilemma that I encountered the first time I met Jamie, or the first time we were on a press trip together, <laughs> we went to uh, Munich to see a game that never came out in the end. Can you remember what it was called? Yeah, it was to do with was it the never ending story? That's right. It was the real and it was um, discreet monsters. I remember <laughs> the name of the developer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. We went to Munich. Uh, what, was it during the beer this? festival? Yes, it was. Yeah, during, during the beer, beer festival. Yeah, where they had. Uh, so what we decided to do was take a bunch of games journalists over to Munich, show them the game, take them to the beer festival. What's the worst thing that could happen? And it, um, I think I lost my glasses on the roller coasters. <laughs> there was one ride uh, that I remember lo- looking over, and I forget exactly who it was. And I, I think I know, but I won't name it for legal reasons. Uh, there was one games journalist. There was a ride where it just rotated you and span you around, mm. sort of, sort of did this awful thing that looks like you're shaking your hand. And as I looked over, I could just see every time this uh, this guy's face was parallel with the floor, he was throwing up. It was throwing up, throwing up. Anyway, it was, it was a big old night. Did we end up in a fountain? Yeah, I seem to remember um, <laughs> lots of people jumped in a fountain at we one jumped point. in a fountain. Of course you were. Yeah. You were there to see the real never-ending story. It really, what what could make you happier? Anyway, um, I think we ended up with about 20 minutes sleep, didn't we? And I was inexperienced yeah. in running press events. And so we had we like, right, better, better head back to the hotel now. We had 20 an hour of sleep. sleep. Got an hour of sleep. Everyone back in the in the coach because uh, we've got a, we have a plane to catch. Uh, so off we go. Brrr, get to the airport. Where's Jamie? Mm. Where was Jamie? He'd missed the coach, and I had to make a dilemma, which was, as you know, go. <laughs> Just <laughs> we'll say, head home. 
<laughs> Save Jamie. Of course, yeah. of course. Le- of course, yeah. I stayed for you. Mark left though, didn't he? Yeah, everyone else yeah. left. But I mean, you, yeah, you did. You wait because I was in absolute panic. I woke up and I realised that the the bus had left, and I was just kind of. I just had to grab all my stuff and try and get a cab and explain to the person at the hotel in sort of English German you know, how, how to get a taxi to the airport, you know, cause my flight was going. Um, and yeah, I was, it was, it was my first, my very first press trip. So I thought I would get back in the office and I would be sacked. You know, I'd only been there, I think about two weeks or three weeks. <laughs> I thought I'd get back in and go, oh, you know, be on my first press trip, got drunk, jumped in a fountain, missed my flight. <laughs> what an unprofessional idiot. You know what I mean? And I got back in the office said, you know, oh, I missed my flight. And then everyone went, Oh, all right. Um, can you write that thing up? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can. All right. Okay. <laughs> that was it. No one, no one was bothered at all. It was like, <laughs> you know, I kind of missed the bus on the way to work or something. You know, it's staggering. <laughs> and in it's, fact, it's, you, ended, you ended up getting promoted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun for me to hear Jamie's side of that story as well because I don't know if Simon remembers this, but the first time I ever met Simon, um, like in person, was at Eurogamer. And we were saying about how Jamie was running a game. I think it was a game of public event at Eurogamer. Mm. Um, mm. And almost as like an icebreaker for us to get to know each other, we talked about you missing your flight. <laughs> um, so, Bringing people together, Jamie. See, you were doing it at an early age. Now, let's then see whether, in fact, mm. you were worth saving that day. Okay. Mm. okay. Let's, get, let's get underneath your skin and find out what really oh, makes you tick. So we're going to ease you in. Um, we've, we've been asking all of our guests to say, we've been starting them off with the same problem. Mm. Uh, so we're going to do that now. And then we're going to take you on a journey with three more questions. Okay, so Sam. Okay, Jamie. So this is the, the classic trolley problem, which people mm. will be familiar with from pop culture and from just general entry-level philosophy. So you're standing next to a railway track and mm. there is a trolley barreling down the track there is a lever next to you um, and looking down the track you can see the trolley is going to hit five people now Mm. if you pull this lever you can move the trolley onto another set of tracks but you can see on that set of tracks is one person Mm. do you let fate decide and let the trolley hit the five people or do you pull the lever saving the five but ultimately um, submitting one to death. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a tricky one, really, isn't it? Do I? Do I? Do, do I, do I, I don't know any of these people, so I'm not at a games event with Simon, and Simon's on one side of the track, and the other five people are like kind oh, of people other, you hate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the, the people who put those adverts in those magazines. Yeah, um, the people, the ads department who made me. You know, tried to put ringtones in the, you know, because then it would just be an easy, easy decision, <laughs> and it would help me in my in my role in my job. No, no, no. I've I've only got what's written on the card, so it's it's right. five people and it's uh, one person. Well, you you know, you've got to try and save as many people as possible. As long as I was, you know, if pulling the lever meant that, um, you know, I was, it'd be like I wouldn't be blamed for the murder of one person. Why why do you think you wouldn't be blamed? <laughs> like, like if you if you pull the trigger <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that actually i'd be better off 
you're just walking, going, you know, kind of whistling and going, just going off to get an ice cream. Uh, and I'm, leaving I'm, behind I'm, me the sounds of multiple deaths going on. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's whatever helps you sleep at night, really. Um, it's, um, <laughs> well, what, do you, what do you think, Simon? Are you going to weigh in on this and help Jamie out? Well, I'm just interested in that, um, that, that, that that his potential actions come with conditions. That I'll do it as long as I won't get blamed. I mean, if you got well, this is the classic, isn't this the classic experiment of what you know when they're turning up the um, they can hear someone being tortured in the other room and they're turning up the electric and it's like, will I be blamed? And as soon as they were, you know, cleared of any, oh yeah, you'll be fine. You won't be blamed. It was like, yeah, turn up the electric. I'm I'm fine. I'm pressing the, the button to torture them. I so think you've come onto of... the wrong. You, you've come onto the wrong podcast, Jamie. Who <laughs> <laughs> think this is? <laughs> this is this is a trial, isn't it? This is like a... <laughs> exactly. dark secrets. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, well, I would I would pull the lever and save five people, and yeah, and just kill one person. Hope there was somebody that I didn't like, or you know, someone involved in you know um, getting rid of Channel Four or something like that. <laughs> okay, so with that baseline set, are you happy, Simon? Do you want to keep prodding I think along so. with this? I mean, no. I, it, it feels, you know, I uh, we've had that answer before on the podcast. It feels like the right thing to do, even mm. though you are directly killing somebody. So, as long as you are happy with that, Jamie, then I think we're fine. To um, yeah, I'm not delighted about it, but you know, I think that um, I could. Your Honour, I could actually, um, you know, defend myself in a court of law and say, well, I I saved five people. I think I'd be lauded as a hero and given a ticker tape parade through most towns in the UK. So I think I'd be happy with that. Let's hope that you're properly lauded. I would say that in that case. I mean, I'm not sure in in the game whether you get fireworks and confetti. Sam, do you? Uh, no, it's it's more just general disappointment in the game. It's not a. <laughs> No keys to the city here. Um, yeah, I've yeah I've played a bit of the game and uh, it's just very judgmental. I found. Yeah, it's um, it's based on my mother and she's lovely and obviously it's a very cartoonish <laughs> version of her. But yes. Um, okay, so with that then, if we uh, if we move on to uh, today's topic, today we're mainly going to be focusing on AI, so artificial intelligence, and I think. This is really interesting because it's where the trolley problem mm. almost comes into current day, where people are uh, programming driverless cars. These problems mm. are actually mm. uh, properly discussed on, you know, should a car yes. hit five and should a car hit one, uh, so on and so mm. forth. So your first problem here, Jamie, mm. is the mm. development problem. So you need to choose how we as a society develop driverless cars. Do you mm. want to focus on a model that would always save as many lives as possible in an accident or a system that would save passengers at any cost? Mm. Well, this is an interesting question. I've had actually had this discussion with people who work in software and I, I think at the moment companies are avoiding having any AI at all, decide, making any decisions. So actually at the moment there's no ai decisions on who lives or dies it just would plow through 100 people if they're in the way you know there's nothing that would that would do anything at the moment i don't think um 
But um, answering your question, I think that you would have to, if you if you had to have one or the other, you would have to have one that would that would save as many lives as possible. This is this is what the government does all the time, isn't it? It's like the um, about vaccinating, you know, whether you vaccinate kids or not. You look at the model and you say, well, you know, a small percentage will get ill and may even die, but overall it will protect more people. So you have to go with the greater good. So that would be protect. Uh, yeah, protect more people, I think, rather than just the people in the car. So, so with that, do you not think that if, if you own a car, it should it should almost be protecting you, like it's your it's your object and it's your property? Um, you mean I'm sort of like... Um, I, I mean, know, if, if you were to... Like an evil version of Kit out of Knight Rider. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's more just, you know, I, I wouldn't want to buy a toaster what might kill me to save next door. It's, well, don't put I, your fingers in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know, I, I don't. You wouldn't know get, I... you wouldn't sell many toasters if they were killing people. It's like, yeah, it's quite a good toaster, <laughs> but you've got a one in ten chance of it, you know, electrocuting you. So, I mean, same with cars, isn't it? A lot of people buy their cars based on how how safe they are, and of course, you know, um, that's a good decision. But I think more people now, are probably you know, including ourselves, are buying car or want or buy a next car will be an electric car. You know, something that will save the planet in the long run. So. Um, no, I think it would. I think you know, I'm, I'm more interested in the society at large and helping more people than just being a selfish idiot. But you buy a car that's safe because it's going to protect. You. It's safe for you, isn't it, as the driver? Whereas the car that you are developing the AI for is not going to be protecting you necessarily. Well, it is if it's if it's if the software is to protect pedestrians and other people more than it is if I'm out and about walking about because I won't be buying one of those cars. I'll be in my <laughs> my car. I'll be usually I walk around and get public transport. So um, you know, I think it, I think you have to go with something that would protect you. Otherwise, uh, protects um, other people. The more than it would, but you know, it's not like you'd say, "Well, okay, we're going to have AI that that protects as many people as possible." Possible, but we're going to take out the seat belts and we're going to take out all the safety things that are in the car. You'll have those as well. If you were developing the AI for, the AI for a bus, then you, you would want it to harm cars, would you? <laughs> um, you would have it harm as le- you know as less people as possible. So. Um, if there was one person on the, you know, if it was a runaway bus and there was one person walking across the road, uh, but there was a car full of, you know, four people on the right hand side, you'd plough through the the one person, wouldn't you? Rather than the, the five in the car. You almost oh. sound happy about it. I, I love the phrase plough well, through. Well, I, I was imagining I was imagining myself as the bus driver watching. <laughs> Watching it happen because you know obviously you wouldn't have a bus driver, would you? But um, you maybe have you know somebody just uh, like a robot. So, so Simon, are you happy with with that answer? Are you? I am. Yes. No. I think I think that's offering some insight into uh, how Jamie views cars, uh, and um, yeah, I just wonder if uh, he was ever in the position of of developing AI shoes, uh, what sort of weaponry they would conceal. So our, our next problem is uh, the social problem. Um, so this mm. is a new idea. Um, so travel could be cheaper 
users would get shown ads while they travel for free in driverless taxis. Companies would get paid by the marketing agencies for gradually changing the behaviour of the passengers through constant commercials. So the users of the car would be the product, not the car itself. So this is effectively the Facebook model where the public use it for free, but really the advertisers are paying for it. Mm. Um, so how would you feel about uh, a free taxi company which shows adverts to people while they travel? It sounds like Conservative Party policy. Um, <laughs> I mean, surely you'd have a properly funded, public funded transport system, which is which is you know what 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 we need, rather than just thinking that the free market can solve everything. There's, I don't see anything wrong. You know, you go in a cab, you see adverts everywhere. I don't see anything, anything wrong with that. But the the moral aspect of it being free because of that, rather than it being actually the government funding a proper public transport system, is 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 the wrong way of looking at it. I think. I feel like Jamie's got me here, Simon. I've I've got a load of <laughs> notes down, but he just keeps bypassing them. I think maybe he's disappointed that no one's actually getting physically hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe that could be in the adverts. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's difficult to argue with his reasoning. I think this um, this problem itself, I mean, obviously we are all living through it. Nothing bad has happened because of Facebook, has it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all fine. Um, the world is a happier bouncier place you know there's more pictures of cats so, so with this jamie are you saying that um say uh, a large tech company came out with this product tomorrow and it was and they're all they're all great aren't they all the big tech companies you know owned by fantastic people you know um <laughs> so jamie's answer to that yeah. is that he doesn't want people to have free travel but he does want the government to do their job properly is that hmm it shouldn't be a replacement for what the government should be doing. You know, it's like um, NHS charities, you know, which are a good thing, but the government should be paying the NHS enough so that we don't need charity to go towards the NHS so they're not doing their job properly. So I would say that, um, yeah, um, it might be it might be a good idea, um, but it shouldn't be a, re- a replacement policy. I wouldn't be bothered by having adverts in a car or whatever, you know, to use for free. But, yeah, I can see the Conservatives using this and going, yeah, we're going to give free taxes for everyone. And then they just play Russia Today on it. <laughs> OK, then. I, I, th- so I think I'm happy with that. And Simon, I think he's... Um, I, I came from for an ethics debate and Jamie's destroyed me with politics. So we'll, we'll see how we get on with the next one. <laughs> I was going to say that I thought he'd broken the trolley problem, but he did at least come down on one side. Yeah. Okay, so the the last one um, for today is the unemployment problem. So with AI... Oh, don't start Jamie off now. (laughs) Thatcher! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the unemployment problem. With AI developing uh, so quickly, many will lose their jobs. Uh, Taxi drivers, couriers and shop assistants will become extinct within a few years, but the cost of living will drop massively. 
do you think we should keep developing AI in these areas or do you think that it should be controlled to stop mass job loss? Well, you see, again, coming at it from my point of view, are these jobs well paid? Are they worth having as a job? Are they, you know, are they worthwhile? You know, is is working in you know, an Amazon work, you know, a, a Amazon um, warehouse? Is that is that a good job for someone to have? I suppose if they're getting well paid and it's you know they get health benefits and all that, yeah. Um, but whether the AI will get rid of so it will get rid of those jobs because like the there'll be robots in the the warehouses or taxi drivers and things like that yeah yeah and I, I guess effectively that's already started to happen it's just you know fully phasing it out so every you know every supermarket will just be self-service mm. checkouts and pretty much every taxi would just be driverless and so on well, with the money, you know, I'm sure there'd be a way of doing it, but with the money saved and you're saying that the, you know, the cost of living's down and everything, then the government should be paying, you know, give everyone an opportunity to do something, give them a, some money to just go off and do what they want to do. So if they want to be artists, they can be artists. If they want to be actors, go off and do that. If they want to be, make stuff out of wood, go and do that, you know, actually, you know, so, so you get a lot more people actually doing the jobs that they've always wanted to do trying different things out wouldn't that be a better world if they didn't have, you know if people were just sort of paid to do something that they really wanted to do do, do you think that people would want to do that i i because we're all creative here and I, I imagine all of us would love to you know just be painting and singing and meeting up with friends and talking about stuff all day but i imagine a large part of the population quite like their nine to five and going in and having a cup of tea with someone in the morning and talking about their neighbours and so on. Well, there's, there's, I think there's a philosopher that was going on about, you know, this this was going to happen in the future. You know, we'll have more leisure time. So, what are we going to do when there's when there's less work? You know, philosophically, as human beings, what are we going to do? What what is going to drive us if there's no kind of work ethic anymore? And we, you know, there's no reason to work anymore because all this stuff is being done for us. So that's that's a philosophical question. Is like. What, what do we do as human beings? Do we work to a higher ideal? Do we, you know, or do we just sit around and drink lager and watch football? You know, it's like that's a philosophical question, isn't it? Well, I think the surest way of uh, getting everybody running back to the Amazon warehouse is if I was to start singing all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody wants that. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, I, I think I, I, something worries me um about this and i don't want to come down sort of like bad on ai i think that ai is the future and there's a load of really cool uses for it um, at the minute but i think for but me who's making the AI, ai sam you know it's interesting in your in your game you go on about the fact that you know it's it's white men who are making the ai and it's like it you know it can you know, with some of the facial recognition, it doesn't work with with minorities and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, it's the AI is going to have the same characteristics of the people that create it. And at the moment, it's very rich white men. And is that is that a good thing? You know, that's a moral question of, well, you know, we should have better AI and better development and, and more diverse teams if that's the, if that's going to be the case. Otherwise, we're just going to have we're going to recreate those problems. 
um, that we've got at the moment of inequality and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and I I completely agree. Um, I think I guess when it comes to AI, I'm more that because it's going to happen, everyone needs to get involved, and, it, and mm. that, that we need to have these sort of discussions. Uh, but yeah, my my fear with it is I think we'll get this really nice grace period where you do get more free time, uh, like you said, and then I think that when it comes to my hobbies, and I would mm. include making games, one of them is when AI can do that to an extent that it's so superior to me, mm, mm. the worry that it would make me feel worthless for, for a hobby. Mm, and and I, mm. I, I hope that doesn't happen because I imagine that people who make furniture as a hobby don't get mm. upset when they see you can buy a table at Ikea for 40 quid. Um, yeah. But I, I worry that that's the future. Yeah, well, it is a big... It's a big question, and there's there's questions coming up in music at the moment because there's already AI algorithms that you know you can pile in a load of Beethoven, and it the AI algorithms start making music that that people who love Beethoven can't tell the difference. They're going, you know, uh, who you know is this a lost piece of Beethoven? You know, and it's in in the next sort of five, ten, fifteen years, we're going to have this issue with with the morality of that. You know, do you? What happens to the the Beatles catalogue when you can just put into AI loads of Beatles songs and it just it just churns out loads of amazing be- new Beatles music? You know what happens to that and what happens to creatives? You know to when when that happens. I think he's done it again, Sam. I think he's <laughs> he's managed to, uh, he's managed to <laughs> baffle us with his. With his with his with, with being right about everything. <laughs> I, I I think. What, 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 one thing I've found is that I've sort of almost had to play it quite aggressive because he's so usually I'm sort of like quite timid and like, oh, you know, yes, sir, please uh, think about this bit. Um, but I've had to be on the, the back foot here. Yeah, well, all I'm doing is I'm sat here thinking this could, you know, Jamie's life could have been so different if we'd left him to grow up in Germany, like some <laughs> like some German German Tarzan. Like, you yeah. know, what, what would his life have been like then? I'd have come out of the forests sort of <laughs> exactly. 20 years later, kind of exactly. speaking German, exactly. you know, surviving off lager, exactly. you know, just kind of this feral creature with, you know, it's, something would have yeah. happened. Exactly. But thank goodness we didn't. Thank goodness <laughs> we plucked him back, stuck him on a plane for us all to enjoy. Uh, Germany's <laughs> lost his hour, hour again. Um, yeah, no, I think it's difficult to argue against you. Fascinating listening to you uh, debate the topics, though. Um, mm. I, so I think Jamie only killed one person, despite wanting to kill all cars. Um, uh, I think I think so far this series, he's uh, he's winning. I, I think yes. the Conservative Party came out of it pretty beaten, bat and bruised, though. I mean, he they're may not, not have people. killed many they're people. They're not people. <laughs> they're not people. <laughs> no, it's, they're not. Ca- you know, they don't. They don't count. So in the AI, you know, you can just aim for them, and it's fine. <laughs> We're only joking. Disclaimer. Uh, I, I... Um, Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Pleasure. Lovely to see you. Thank you for um, answering our questions. Um, we will tot up the high score table at the end of the series and find out who the worst person in the games industry is. But I think it's safe to say that that's not you. Thanks, mate. (laughs) (laughs) 
Brilliant. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope you found that interesting and enlightening. Uh, remember, the game Trolley Problem Inc. is out now on Steam or on Epic or from all good PC uh, digital stores. I uh, hope you have fun enjoying it. I say fun. It is awful, uh, but hopefully it'll make you think. Um, thanks once again, and I'll see you next time, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Thanks, Jamie. Bye.